Hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me is Joel, who I don't know if he enjoyed watching all these movies or not. So, uh, we're about to find out. And this is the special episode for April. And since we're talking about Italian movies, I figure this is a perfect excuse to watch some Fulci movies I haven't seen. And... Well, well, we'll get to that, but, uh, I decide, so, uh, uh, we have a special guest, uh, who, uh, has been on Kill by Kill, um, uh, Movies from Hell, uh, a bunch of other things, has, uh, on the screencast, uh, it's, uh, Stephanie Crawford. Hello. Hi. Oh, sure, thanks for letting me talk about Fulci. No, you're welcome. And, uh, so I don't remember. So, did I specifically ask you, uh, to be on the Fulci one, or, or did you just randomly pick this one? Uh, I chose it from your list. Okay. And you seemed a little relieved <laughs> that someone wanted to talk Fulci. Yes. Because uh, I, uh, th- there are a couple other people, but I didn't just want to be like another, like, uh, dude talking about gory horror movies thing. I wanted. You know, there's enough, there's enough of that. But, uh, yeah, so, well, first, uh, we, um, okay, also I need to get something out of the way first. Joel, you picked the four other movies to watch, or three other movies. Yep. And you got mad at me for Manhattan Baby, and you, and you said, oh. Yes. And I told you, I skipped that movie because I knew Bob was in it, and I hate that little blonde kid in his dumbass dub voice. (gasps) I'm sorry, I'm leaving now if we're going to be besmirching Bob. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That little scamp, are you kidding? Yeah, that kid's like, uh, when it comes to Mm -hmm. child actors, I I think both of those kids were pretty good, especially the the young girl. Mm -hmm. So, uh... I, I didn't really get that here. It is kind of weird that uh, little Bob has a different accent for the rest of his family, but yeah. yeah. Otherwise, but it's you, fine. <laughs> you got mad about the animal murder. I told you, I always skipped that one because I knew he was in it. I just don't know why uh, there is more than one horror movie I've seen because I don't think that was a fake snake. Ste- oh, Stephanie, no. do you know if that was a fake snake? In Manhattan, baby? Yeah. when they- Unfortunately, it was real. Okay, see, that's why do horror me- movies think it's okay to kill snakes? Like, uh, yeah, in turtles, it never is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. turtle thing is, yeah, I know you're talking about uh, Cannibal Holocaust, right? I assume, but mm-hmm. uh, in, <laughs> in the Japanese series that we did, that was uh, one where I see a turtle getting its throat cut because they're going to put it in the uh, the ramen. Was that Tampopo? Yes. <laughs> it's like, this isn't a horror movie. What's going on, Spencer? But at least they eat it in Tampopo. Oh, yeah. I it, I would feel so much better in Manhattan Baby if somebody ate that snake. It, it, that didn't ruin the movie for me. I just, okay. you know, it go, I, I literally have a letterbox list now that uh, tells when uh, live animals killed. That's good. And the chicken from Pink Flamingos, they did eat the chicken, too. Uh, yes. Spencer said so. Yes, I believe the scene was deleted. Uh, but uh, from the 
from the uh, final cut, but I have, but it's on the DVD, if I remember correctly. Anyway, um, we're not here talking John Waters, uh, so the uh, are we doing the, a John Waters season? Oh, I would. Well, oh, there's one I want to skip, but there, but I would love to do John Waters one. But no, um, what? No, uh, so basically, uh, when I play this one out, I was like, well, the Beyond is a must because, like, that's my favorite Fulci, and I think it's kind of everyone's favorite, and um. So it's a Manhattan Baby, uh, what is it? Manhattan Baby, Lizard and Woman's Skin, uh, God damn, what's that other one? The Black Cat? Black Cat. The Black Cat, yeah. Yeah. I I did not get to watch The Beyond, and uh, I know that's one of the more known ones too, but uh, yeah, I just did not have time this week. That's, That's fair. But um, oh, I watched the trailer. It's like four minutes long, isn't it? You know, so. I guess. But first, uh, since uh, Stephanie is the um, enthusiast, as she told me, non-expert enthusiast. Um, so, what's your history with uh, Italian horror and Fulci? Well, with uh, Italian horror. Um, I got a little bit of a late start watching horror movies because they were forbidden in my home, but I eventually snuck them so often my parents gave up and I finally started renting them like crazy and it became an addiction. Um, And a few years in, I hit the point where I was like, you know, I'm kind of curious about who's making these movies and, you know, what are considered the hidden gems and everything. And you, you dig below the surface a little bit, you're going to run into Italian horror pretty quickly, which led me to Suspiria from Argento. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no looking back from that. Mm -hmm. I saw a zombie from Fulci not that long after, and I loved it. But I got kind of a snooty view in my head, like, oh, Argento's the serious one, but Fulci's like the entertaining trash bag. (laughs) (laughs) you know, but he, he has such a enormous, varied filmography that uh, throughout the years, watching the majority of his films, um, I, I was completely the asshole. And he's a, a fascinating filmmaker. And just because he's not subtle uh, doesn't mean he's not wonderful and he doesn't know what he's doing. So he's become a favorite of mine. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, just I, I've been enjoying him ever since. Okay, I have a similar story because it started with, I, I was rolling the horror movies and then, I somehow learned about Suspiria and saw that I was like I have to see more Italian movies, and I saw a Zombie, and, uh, uh, it turned me off of Fulci for years because at the time, I, did not like it, outside of the zombie versus shark fight, and then I want to say like two or three years ago I watched the beyond because like I kept hearing that's when you have to see and that kind of unlocked it for me I was like okay I I think I get it now and I don't I don't the only one I love is the beyond but the rest I've seen it's there's always something fascinating about about his films and yeah so like like I won't say he's a favorite necessarily but like I have uh, I have weird tastes and like I find House by Cemetery to be like 
weirdly comforting to watch. Like, I, I like to have on in the background that or um, uh, City of Living Dead. And so, like, I know Fulci just has, like, a weird, uh, like, I have a weird soft spot for, for like, Fulci, even though, like, you know, like, uh, it's gory and gross and, I don't know, like, so, some would say amateurish, but I don't, I don't agree with that because, like, he knew what he was doing. He had been making movies since the 50s. If somebody said that he was an amateurish filmmaker, I, I would probably spit in that person's face. And uh, I know that sounds strong, but that's would be a ridiculous claim. Ridiculous thing to say about him, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that uh, gives away how I felt about the movies, but yes, ridiculous. Uh, I... Like, I see, like, typical, like, online, like, discussion of him or on podcasts is, like, it's half so bad it's good and half so good it's good. And it's, like, first off, can we stop the so bad it's good shit? Just say you like it. Get over it. You can try, but I don't think people will ever drop that. <laughs> I know. It's just... It's an easy label to slap on things. It's just annoying. It's, like... Just, oh, it is. But just... we love those easy labels. I've heard many people say it about our podcast, Spencer. Is that, no. <laughs> is that what's going on? No. No, just like, uh, just, just like shit. Just just own it. It's fine. No one really cares. Um, yeah, you want to watch eye trauma? You watch that eye trauma. Yeah, like, I mean, just playing stuff I don't like. Like, you know, like Tyler Perry, but I'm not going to be like, it's so bad. It's good. It's like, I just, whatever. I just don't like it. And it's, fi- and it's fine, <laughs> but whatever. It's besides the point. Um. Uh. Okay. So, Joel, uh, you're. Yeah. Uh, was this the first time you've seen any Fulci movies? I really, I don't know. I think uh, that's correct. Yeah. I think I yeah I I avoided him because I'm I, like, the the things he's famous for are like his eye trauma stuff and the uh, the things like that and. Uh, there were a couple of movies that I'd recently been avoiding, or that I realized I'd been avoiding because I, I was uh, afraid of the level of violence that could be seen, but I've been kind of, like, <laughs> uh, conditioning myself. You know, that, that, that mm-hmm. That's what happens when you watch a bunch of these movies. And I can't remember. I, I, I think I watched the shark... Or not the shark scene, the shark and zombie, but the the eye gouge scene for that thing, and I was like, okay, this isn't exactly what I was afraid of. Um, but I never bothered to watch it because I was like, well, it must be a schlock thing. So when we were gonna do this, I was like, I don't think I'd want to want you know the the list that you gave me back. I was like, okay, these sound interesting from the plot, and then. The trailers don't look terrible. The uh, what's the one you said uh, you were excited to talk about? Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, the New York Ripper. Yes that that trailer. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I know. It's yeah. it's, <laughs> but I I don't know if I'm. It's gonna be for me. <laughs> it's it's very divisive. It it's totally fine if you hate it. I I, I understand. Hey, Spencer, if you mm-hmm. ever want to do a show, just you and me with mm-hmm. that and Driller Killer, you let me know. Oh, that's Because I will black. show up for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, my that. spot is in jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, yeah, but 
first I watched Manhattan Baby, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's silly. It's got a very silly plot, and it's got some very silly uh, things that happen to the characters, like Dad Dad getting laser eyed and then reverse <laughs> laser eyed. <laughs> yeah, but I was really impressed with like the scenery and the the cinematography and the uh, costume lighting, like choices of the the thing he's doing where he, he's filming first in a mirror but you can't tell until mm-hmm. he pulls out and you see the thing and these other shots like through objects and I kept going like wow this is this is really this is interesting I don't think the movie necessarily is great but I can't not look and and then the black cat mm-hmm. like I was like oh my god I think this guy's I think this guy's a master <laughs> like once again, the plot is very silly, and because of the dubbed acting, I'm like, oh, you know, I can't really tell what they were going for, but it's so skillful. Like, all the ideas, yeah, so that's where I'm at. I, I really liked all three. All right. Yeah, uh, I, well, I love the Beyond, that's been noted. I, I'm a fan of New York Ripper, and, um, uh... Other one, Black Cat surprised me because I've never heard anyone really talk about it. And initially, I was like, "Oh, it's him kind of being less graphic and subtle, being less graphic and a little more subtle and like kind of classy." But like, it still like totally works. And but Manhattan Baby is the one that made me think maybe this was a mistake <laughs> to, to do this episode. <laughs> Come on. It's goofy, but it's like it. Something about it just like got under my skin, and it's like, and it's, I, I, like that. Like the thing with Fulci is, it's like there, there are a lot of, for me a lot of ups and downs throughout the three of the movies. It just they're not they're not consistent. That they're they're high highs and like medium to low lows. Uh, with like the ones I'm not as big fan of, and Manhattan Baby is like the prime example of like this has some great moments, but getting there is just I did not enjoy it. Uh, Stephanie, how do you feel? <laughs> um, no, I I was surprised by the selection of the films a little bit, um, but you not being familiar with it makes sense because Manhattan Baby. Uh, is not one of his <laughs> beloved ones. I've always had an enormous soft spot for it. Um, I know that they had a huge last-minute budget cut, and I, I think they handled it really well. There's a lot of inventive shots in it. I um, Like, Fulci didn't consider himself a horror director. Other people put the splatter label on him. He viewed most of the films he made as fantasy films, and I feel like he was really trying to get away with as much as that as he could in this. And I think it's kind of sweet for how violent it is. There's a sweetness about it. So uh, I appreciated uh, getting to revisit it. And uh, yeah, uh, with The Black Cat, um, that's an interesting one. It certainly has its fans, but it's also not um, a very popular one when people talk about Fulci. 
And there are so many uh, other takes on the black cat story, of course, especially from Italian filmmakers. It's a really popular Poe retelling. But I think it, it's interesting because Fulci uh, really put a twist on the story because <laughs> in the original one, it's kind of a uh, more of a little domestic thriller. And this one is just a actual killer cat raining hell on a small town <laughs> with uh... David Warbeck trying to <laughs> keep up with them and... Uh, that's just that's such a fun uh, approach to take. So, um, and when it comes to the beyond and a lizard and a woman's skin, those ones are usually, I would say, cited in the top five with Fulci. So uh, it was fun uh, kind of visiting both the highs and lows when it comes to the general consensus on that. Yeah, uh, yeah like, uh, I've said it many times before, but the, but the beyond... Like that has my probably one of my favorite endings to any movie ever. Oh yeah! And like I've seen it. This is the fourth or fifth time I've seen it, and every time the ending just hits me like a hammer, and it's just like it it fills me with this existential dread that like most movies in general can't like affect me that deeply. And just like the moment when, um, spoiler alert for a movie forty years old, when they when like when they are permanently in hell forever, it's like it's just like a gutting way to end the movie. Yeah. It's a very artistic shot, but it's also just pure lizard brain nightmare fuel. Just knowing you're going to be trapped in that place forever, apparently blinded too, which may be a blessing if you're in hell either way, not a good time. I don't know, but like wandering around in darkness seems so much worse than like, like, uh, like the hellfire and being tortured. Mm. At least to me, it like I'd rather get the torture because at least like you're not just wandering blind for eternity. You know what? Just don't mess with any gates <laughs> from hell, and hopefully <laughs> you won't have to worry about that. Yeah, hopefully. I try to be an optimist. Yeah. I I, I don't want to get philosophical mm. here, but uh, I assume that if you go to hell and uh, you, you can't see, they they can put things into your brain. They don't need your eyes. Remember what Sam Neill said. Okay. I guess yeah, I we're yeah. going to hell anyway. Uh, what was I gonna? No, uh, one of the things I liked about Manhattan mm. Baby to go back to that one was that the pacing has this weird like. Something happens in the middle of the night, or somebody disappears, you know, and uh, the next day the parents go to work, and then they come back and another thing has happened, or another person disappears, and then they have to go to investigate together, but, you know, dad still has to go work, and I was like, that's actually more realistic than I'm used to, because (laughs) if, like, I had a poltergeist in my house, I'd be like, wow, what a rough night. Well, I got to clock in. <laughs> like I, I can't not work because I need money to pay rent, even if I do have a ghost haunting me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and uh, Manhattan Baby was, I think, the last time he worked with producer Fabrizio DeAngelis. Yeah, like, they, it, yeah, they had a great spree, and this one kind of put an end to that, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, and there's like a, a team that he would work with a lot. And it was uh, uh, Dardano uh, Sarchetti uh, was a writer he he worked with. Um, uh, Sergio Salviti was a cinematographer, 
And so, like, from, like, Zombie to Manhattan Baby, like, is a stretch of, like, the real famous ones. And it's kind of mm-hmm. a reason. And then after they left, it kind of, it's never quite as good as, like, that, like, five, uh, four-year period or whatever it is, like, with that team of people. Uh, right, and uh, he, I love a lot of uh, films that followed this, especially immediately, like Murder Rock, uh, which is the dancing giallo film with a kicking soundtrack. That one's super fun. Uh, the Devil's Honey, which is um, very erotic in a very <laughs> unusual way. Uh that that's been recently rediscovered thanks to the Blu-ray, and that's been wonderful. He he continued making some very interesting films, but yeah, he he lost that really strong support system he had, and then his health was failing pretty seriously, and you know you kind of deal with uh, smaller budgets and everything, and you know a, a lot of these long-term careers can get kind of hinky towards the end. Yeah, because by that point he started in the. 50 so he's been in the industry for 40 years but by by like uh by late 80s and uh i think i think a lot of people don't really realize like he didn't just like start out making like zombie and lizard and woman's skin like he started out doing comedies and then like war movies and westerns and shawley kind of like the 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 typical thing if you like if you're into like italian cinema of like that era like you know it's it was like they have followed trends so i mean you had like the uh fellinis and whatnot but they also had like the studio people who are like well now you're making comedies oh what uh spike westerns aren't big now well now you're making those oh uh jolly are big now okay now you're making those and it's like following trends right and it gave them a really interesting toolkit um i don't know if you've seen a cat in the brain uh yes i that was a third one I saw and I didn't understand it yeah I think that's a a good one to see when you're a little bit more familiar with Fulci because it's just so strange and self-referential and he's kind of playing himself in it but I feel like um, it has such a wicked sense of humor and I feel like there's no way you could make that kind of film without having the kind of varied background he did yeah um I guess I want to touch on his life a little bit. Um, so he, first off, uh, uh, he's born June seventeenth, nineteen twenty-seven, and he is seven years younger than Satsuko Hara uh, to the day. Uh, and what was it? Uh, so uh, his wife. Uh, uh, in the late sixties, his wife uh, was uh, does the, uh, the diagnosed with an incurable cancer, and she killed herself, uh, and that and that affected him for the rest of his life, and you know a, as it would. And apparently, around the same time, his one of his daughters died or was paralyzed, but there are multiple but different sources say different things about that, so I don't really know. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't say anything. But, 
uh, also like by the end of his life he was um, so his death is kind of mysterious because it's speculated he may have purposely stopped taking his diabetes medicine because uh, by the 80s he had trouble walking and like standing and he had like foot problems because of diabetes and it can't be proven but like but like some people suspect like he just stopped taking the diabetes medicine so like uh for whatever reason and so uh i don't know there's some mystery around his life but by by that point he couldn't he had a he was living in an apartment because he kind of lost uh lost a lot of money and uh argento paid for his funeral arrangements that's terrible why are you telling me this i don't know that's when they get to the man, like, you know, his well, where where did he learn to do his stuff? Is what I want to know. He started like the, uh, you know, in the fifties. He probably apprenticed under some under some people. There's a biography out on him, but I have not read the biography. Mm. It's just so creative. Like, I can't get over how just the like I, I don't know if it was the cinematographer or if it was him but it's or all you know it's the whole team I, I, I get that never mind but yeah. I just yeah it's just no, impressive yeah so uh, Stephanie would you consider him to be in our tour or like a or a journeyman um I wouldn't he definitely has his signature things, but he even discussed, uh, he didn't really hold his own style as something precious, uh, that needed to be followed to the letter. Uh, he had his budgets, uh, changed on him a lot, crews, cast, and he always rolled with as best he could. And he even talked about how, uh, he would notice his own filmmaking style kind of becoming old fashioned and he would try to constantly update, try to do different kind of films. He wanted to kind of be as of the moment as he could, not in a trendy way, but kind of just respecting how the film industry was changing. And I thought that was interesting. And I, I think that kind of does inform how fascinating his career is and how original it was. I think he just had like 10 pounds of imagination and like a three pound head. <laughs> I think the brain is actually eight pounds, but never mind. Uh, and I, I, I think he really couldn't control it. Um, so yeah, he just kind of has this. Um, it's it, it's too bad, you know, that he's reduced to uh, kind of the Italian splatter god so much because he had so, even within the horror ones, he was really always trying new things. Uh, even when he was referencing other films, uh, which definitely happened in Manhattan Baby. Uh, there's, um, yeah, just uh, always mm. experimentation going on. So, uh, yeah, while he definitely, of course, had very distinct uh, signatures, I I think he was just more interested in kind of digging into his own psyche and seeing what he could get out and put on celluloid. Yeah. And, like, Rich Manhattan Baby, that just feels like uh, Poltergeist, the beginning of The Exorcist, uh yeah, the out. interesting thing was this came, uh, Manhattan Baby came out two months after Poltergeist. Oh. Huh. So that was just kind of a coincidence. There's that Twilight Zone, Little Girl Lost, that is the same plot, at, basically. Oh. That, uh, I think that's a Matheson episode. 
I think Matheson might have tried to sue Spielberg for it, but I can't remember. But I know there's like a lawsuit came about because of because of the uh, poltergeist. I'll send him an email. Matheson? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Let me get my Ouija board. Okay. Um, Just go down to a New Orleans basement and send it through the wall. All right. Yeah, this, this uh, get a microphone, put it on the on the gravestone or whatever. Oh right? yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I should have referenced that one. What whatever that cool uh, metal album that guy was recording, yeah. Yeah. That I keep thinking this guy. This guy looks like. I, mean, I couldn't figure out who he looks like in, from a oh. different movie. The old man. Uh, the old man in the black cat. Yeah. That is the old man, uh, who. Whose wife is assaulted and um a clockwork orange. No, um, no. I've only seen that the one time. No, it, I, I thought he looked like a mixture of Abe Bogota and uh, Jack Lemon, but I get what you're saying. It's no, it's him, and he's in um another great movie from '81. Uh, the wait, is it the strange? No, it's a strange case. It's a Barovchek um take on um uh. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde. It's a crazy movie that uh, I think it's probably the easiest Barovchek to get into, and it's kind of the it's the one that it, you, you'll know if you like Barovchek or not. But he kind of plays a similar-ish character in that one. So, um, the Black Cat. Okay. Uh, how many other adaptations uh, do we have of that one? Well, you have the Universal Horror one. Um, then we have uh, the Sergio Martino. It's all the Poe. Yeah, but then you have then you throw in some. Uh, what's that other one? I'm trying to think of. Because uh, they they wall him in. To the steal them in the wall, like a Cat, cask of uh, whatever. Yes. And there's the the Luigi Cozy one in '89, mm-hmm. and I I like the Hemisphere Pictures one from the 1960s. That one's very rough, but for some reason that one really works for me. And uh, do uh, okay. So I take it that this isn't exactly the post story since it's updated for modern times here. Um, do they all include badass cat action? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the cat's always very important. The oh. cat and the wall, those are your constants. Uh. Just like, uh, Bad Ronald. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, the black cat, like, uh, when I, once I kicked, once it, like, kicked in, it was like, okay, this is, like, kind of different. Uh, it's like a, like, a more straight up, like, it, it's more uh, uh, like a, a gothic thriller than like mm-hmm. a, compared to you know everything else. Although Beyond is a Southern Gothic, but uh, totally yeah. different. But uh, the Black Cat, like, uh, where am I going with this? Well, first <laughs> off, it was in Italian. The version I saw, so that threw me off immediately. Hmm. Because like I'm used yeah, to. Yeah. Because with, with Fulci, I'm used to everything being dubbed in English. 
That's the one that was on Amazon, right? On uh, yes, Amazon. That's you know what's funny is like <laughs> I remember watching the movie, but in my head I can hear the English voices. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, how often that happens, but yeah, uh, that's funny. But yeah, that didn't bother me. But I'm like I said, I hadn't watched any other the other stuff. And there's been a couple of things recently that we watched that I thought would have terrible dub, and they just you know they're in Italian, so. I guess that's good. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like the. I think part of what I, I liked about it, one is the music. Who it was. It wasn't for preach. Uh, Fa- uh, Fabio uh, Frizi. Uh, it was this other guy Pino something. And um, so one of the music really worked into the cast because it's Patrick McGee from Clockwork Orange and The Strange Case of. of uh, Mr. Jekyll or Mr. Osborne. I can't remember what the full title is. And other stuff. And it's Bimsy Farmer, who's in a bunch of jolly stuff in Italian horror movies. And it's um, Dagmar Lysander, who's in a my favorite uh, Baba movie. And she shows up in like Italian horror stuff and uh, like jolly. And uh, if you watch a lot of them, like, you'll recognize her. I don't know if I want to, yeah. Uh, um, other things about the black cat mm-hmm. I want to say let me see if I got a note here okay. by, by the way I kept thinking that uh, I think that Spencer likes this guy or mm-hmm. he likes the other person what was his name <laughs> Who? oh uh, I was going to ask you if uh, Manhattan Baby reminded you of the Exorcist 2 heretic at all uh Huh. I got Borman, more right. more poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't seen since I was like eight. Cause my dad showed it to me, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be fine." And I was not fine. I still haven't seen that movie in its entirety. Yeah. I kept thinking of that's John Borman. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and he also did Zardoz and um, yeah, Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that the Fulci reminded me of him, kind of, because not not the, uh, not exactly the same. Like, I do think that I, hmm, how to put this, uh, Fulci has an excellent, uh, he does an excellent job of focusing on the characters to see reactions or following them through, like, uh, you feel that touch of realism in the stuff uh, when they're just walking down a path and like oh man the foley work once again like who is responsible for making this decision because the foley work is fantastic in all these movies and uh, Borman I think tries to create more of a world and the actors are used like kind of you know just like player pieces in the sets that he's going for at least yeah, uh, Portman's more interested in crazy and big ideas and clashing opposites, mm-hmm. more so than like, uh, like a like being like an actor, like a, an actor's director. Hmm. At least that's my sense of Portman. But um, okay. So Stephanie, make your case for um, the Manhattan Baby. 
make my case? Yes. Uh, to who? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm curious, like, what? Why you two enjoy that movie? <laughs> well, you know, I I think I mentioned it. It just uh, it just has a lot of uh, imagination to it. I feel like it has a sense of um, adventure to it. It's on a small scale, but. Again, they were working with a really small budget and just touches like um, replacing the floor in a bedroom with sand from the desert with scorpions and everything. That's a really simple idea, but it's really effective. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of people who uh, do their best with a small budget. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I think it's genius having stuffed birds attack someone because you don't have to worry about them looking fake. Because within the reality of the movie, they are fake. And that's that's just the kind of thinking I, I appreciate. Okay. Um, no, it, it's absolutely an uneven, messy film. It borrows probably too heavily from a lot of influences, uh... And, uh, you know, we're not talking about wonderful dialogue here. Um, a lot of the actors seem like they're sleepwalking and everything. But just taken <laughs> as a whole, it's just, uh, I don't know, just having, a, like, a magical evil amulet in New York City with weird shenanigans. Like, that's just goofy enough for me to love it, despite its messiness so it's actually not one i recommend to people mm-hmm. um but i appreciate being able to talk about it because i'm pretty much alone <laughs> with how much i like it normally okay uh i don't know like even though i've rewatched uh, house by cemetery a lot i just can't stand that little kid <laughs> like his face just annoys me and like i think it's the same dub actor in both movies which makes mm-hmm. it, for me, even worse. Do you think it's an adult woman or an actual kid? Because I, I always go back and forth. It has to be an adult woman. Like, I, I, I'm pretty convinced. But I could be wrong. I don't know. So do you like that his name is Tommy in this and his babysitter's name is Jamie Lee? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching that, I was like, wait, Jamie Lee? And then, yeah, yeah. Too many references in this one. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Okay, I was not, my mind is blown. I'm gonna have to go rewatch it. The Jamie Lee thing <laughs> was like when it really kicked in. Like, oh wait a second, it's trying to do Halloween. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Their last name's Hacker. This movie isn't interested in being subtle. It doesn't have time for that. No, I think. Uh, I think it's too much fun not to. I mean to just like dismiss it. Like there's, yeah. I mean there's things, I, there are things I yeah. like, but overall mm-hmm. it's like, uh, like it took me three days to get through it. Oh wow! Because like every time I get half an hour in, I'd be like, okay, I need a break from this. This is just like something about it annoys me. <laughs> I can't figure out what it is. I, well, I think it's because of, you hate children, you know. Yes, of course I do. No, uh. Because I was listening, watching it on the laptop with headphones, and sometimes the sound design would be quieter than way too loud with headphones. And uh, that. Or my cat's meowing behind the door. Um, 
what what color is your cat by the, by the way oh she's oh she's a black cat oh interesting well, maybe you should lock your door well, lately, <clears throat> no 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 he he deserves whatever he's whatever's coming to him no Wednesday <laughs> will never hurt me on purpose that's what I used to think about my cats but, you know well, she's a you don't pay enough tough attention to them she's a tuxedo cat if you want to be precise yeah. So what what do you think about how kids are used in Fulci films? Because he didn't always use them, but when he did, he did seem to spotlight them. And he was quoted as saying they were both monsters, aliens, and freaks. <laughs> but he doesn't mean that in the way that they're evil, just that they're so different from adults that they're kind of an, an other being. I feel like compared to like adults, he doesn't give them much of a character thing besides like for the plot. Uh, well, my well, baby kind of is a little different, but I still get like I feel like you know the dad and the mom a little more than like the kid because like I I didn't get much uh, from like the from the brother and sister. Yeah. I think they were evil before this whole event happened. And you yeah. see the the way they like have these like secrets where they like look at each other and then they're like I don't know and it's like oh no they murdered somebody before this. There, I I will say with with Manhattan Baby, I I hated the parents. <laughs> Just they they were not checked in at all. Like he uh, the father's temporarily blinded because he's messing with this cursed object, and then he's like. Oh, hey, my sight's back. And I swear, his wife looks at him like he's like, oh, maybe we should have chicken for dinner tonight. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, there's not a lot of emotional consistency in this movie. No. Uh, and like, like, there's cool effects. Like, you're talking about the, the, the using sand to signify, like, you know, the mystical stuff is happening. And, like, they actually shot in Egypt, which was very... which. And the Egypt section goes a little more it, it longer than I thought they would be, but long enough where it's like it kind of tricks into like uh, it's gonna be a mummy movie, which it kind which it kind of follows through on, like the, the the curse aspect of it, which is another reference of like so it's like Exorcist, um, Poltergeist, Mummy, Halloween. Uh, what's the other one? A little bit of the omen. Omen, yeah. Oh, and um, Joel, I don't know how much of He Got Game you remember, but there's a scene where the parents are walking uh, in uh, in Manhattan, uh, like on a, like uh, on like a the area next to the river, and it looks like this location in He Got Game where Jesus and Jake have their like father son talk so you you think it's a shared universe i think this might be in the spike lee verse okay it has to it fits in with all the other ones that we've already previously connected yes. okay yeah. i'm into it yeah we will knock into the spike lee verse here no you you'll listener if you want to know what the hell we're talking about first of all uh it's not that interesting trust me but you yeah our previous season on on spike lee movies we came to some very crazy Marvel Universe level uh, conclusions. 
all I'll say is vampires exist and do the right thing. Yes. Yeah, you, you gotta follow the uh, you gotta follow the evidence. And mm -hmm. uh, if only we could connect, old boy. You know, we could finally close this chapter on this whole thing. Oh yeah, that's like. That. And I'm not talking about the old boy that he made. I'm talking about the original Korean movie. <laughs> okay. But, uh, um. Uh. I don't know, like. Like, even though I did not like watching Manhattan Baby, I know for a fact I'm going to watch it at least four or five more times. Like, it'll, like it'll become, like, a background movie for me. Yeah, I think that it, this is not so bad to, like, have on in the background of a party. It's, you know, it has a couple of, like, <laughs> blood scenes, like <laughs> the guy falling uh, onto the trap in the, yeah. the beginning and stuff like that. But really, it's just kind of like a weird movie that would be, like on at a party be like what the hell is going on here <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. I remember the other movie I was from think, thinking of Alien cause you get like the like the weird fossil and it feels like um so you see an Alien I think it's oh, on the, the wall it's the weird alien. snake coil that's on the wall yeah yes and but then I, a snake jumps out at him yeah alright so we kind of touched on the black cat, but like one of the things I love in that movie is a cat POV. And anytime you get like a neutral POV of like an animal or an object, like you won me over. Like Tenebrae is one of my favorite Argentos because you get lawnmower POV at one point. <laughs> I think the black cat has one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, following a man who gets hypnotized by the cat is one thing and you're like oh that's silly and then when he crashes the car and goes through the windshield and then the car catches on fire and then the cat's on the roof and it's like by the way I'm the star of this movie black cat I'm like hmm I think this is my favorite movie after Repo Man and like uh and the whole intro is just like the cat hanging out on on like roofs and walking around town like it owns the place and it's like yeah yeah I want more of this I uh, <laughs> I want it's really cute <laughs> this and walk on the wild side you get some great opening cat action Ooh. And, <laughs> yeah and like uh I I haven't read Edgar Allan Poe in a while but uh. I don't think it borrows that much, but like some of this, like story stuff in this is, like a little, like if it was anyone else, I'd be like, okay, that's a little silly. But like, there's some of this stuff in here. It's like, if it's a Fulci movie, you kind of just know like plot wise. It not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't have to make sense in the way like Italian horror doesn't make logical sense, which is kind of the point uh, of it, uh, at least. My like, no. I'm over the whole sense thing, anyways, for the most part. I'm like, unless it's the only time I think that it, it doesn't work to have a plot that is completely nonsensical is I can't even say comedy. I was going to say comedy, but you know, if you have an absurdist comedy, like it doesn't make sense, and that's absurd. Like, so there is no right answer. I know. Possibly documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you maybe lose my track of train of thought. It's fine. Oh, the, uh, like having Mimsy Farmer there is like she's a, a t uh, 
uh, visiting and she's a photographer and the police recruit her to be a photographer because there's no one has a camera in the village which is like so which is very dumb where you like saying it out loud but it's like yeah but it, it works in a movie and it's like and it gives, it gives like a good excuse to you know have a plot happen you think I would be upset by the scene where the cat is violently hung from a tree yeah I was gonna but have... uh it just looked super fake. <laughs> so, I mean, well, other than the cat, like, clawing and reaching up, but it's like... Yeah, they held goodness. on it, and it kind of just looked like the cat was casually trying to climb back up. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I'm going to put my paw here. Yeah. It has so, like, uh, sorry, you can go. Oh, no, I, I was just going to ask you guys what you thought about the paw insert shots of basically, like, the laser claws attacking people's <laughs> faces and whatnot. Uh, it's a excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's that uh, Fulci gore that I love. It's uh, like you know, I, I I think we've all been scratched by a cat. It's not like that, but like in Fulci, like it's a nightmare world. Uh, in all those movies, like one of the consistent things is, uh, like at like when it fully works, it just feels like a waking nightmare that you can't escape from. And like uh. Having like you know, a cat scratch you and it's like leaves these deep cuts that like you know uh, can leave that can kill you. It's like yeah, that's like pure nightmare logic, and it totally works in the movie. Well, they just made you know. Uh, I don't think the cat scratches are actually as bad as they look yeah. because when they scratch up that detective's face, he seems like he's pretty okay later um, when he gets out of the hospital bed. But. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you this, Spencer, but there are cats that will scratch you like that. Oh. Uh, I had a friend that lived in England, mm-hmm. and I was staying with my girlfriend at their flat, and they had a cat that, it was a, it was a perfectly nice cat, except when you were eating dinner, they didn't have a no cat on the table rule, which mm-hmm. to me is like, no. <laughs> but this cat would just walk up and try to eat off your plate, and if you pushed it away, she would scratch to kill and leave Ooh. like two to three claw marks every time that bled every time it was yeah so not all cats do that and i don't like i don't think i don't hate that cat or anything like that you know it's it's an animal they don't know but uh yeah just watch your back is what i'm saying i thought i saw wednesday looking at you sideways uh, oh no yeah. i never heard that before. um Stephanie, have you ever been attacked by a cat? Um, not horrifically or anything. I've definitely been swiped at angrily a few times, but I I have a healthy fear of them. I I love cats. I'm a cat person, but you know, um, like honestly, most small animals, if they just lost it and decided to attack you, they could do. They probably could kill you. <laughs> they just turn into like these little balls of muscle and teeth and claws and uh, I'm just going to sleep really well tonight I think. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Just just think of the scene from uh, Let the Right One In with the uh, cats and uh, you'll feel better. Mm. Wait. Never mind. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this is really fun. Yeah, that, that's one reason I haven't rewatched that movie. It left a big impact. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? 
the, this cat, I, mm-hmm. the cat in the black cat, mm-hmm. I had a real problem with. Not, not it's because so cute. exactly. <laughs> he is a stunning, handsome kitten, and I think there was more than one. But every mm-hmm. time it was like. I was like, that cat just wants some crunchies. <laughs> he wants a lap. <laughs> yeah, except for the scenes where he was actually making that I'm angry face. Yeah. The, so, is the cat like a... a was it, is it supposed to be an actual living cat, or is it like a spirit of death? Because it manages to like start fires and do a lot of things where it's like... Uh, I don't know, like or maybe I'm thinking too much into this, uh, trying to make sense of it. You're definitely thinking too much into it, but okay. I think it's a corporal spirit. Like, it can interact, but it also does not live. All right. There's not a little I... bit of a suggestion of possession, but once they kill it, that unleashes everything. And it becomes, like, more kitty than kitty, you know. More kitty than kitty. Yeah. <laughs> I almost sang it, but I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, we don't get enough singing on this podcast. Living dead cat. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna do it. Let's go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. Black black cat surprised me. I can't. I, know, I don't get why. Not, like, I don't really. I think I do get why people don't really talk about because it's not as gr- grotesquely gory. But still is perfectly like, uh, uh, you know, uh, like, fine. I thought it was, super, yeah, super, I thought it was super fun to watch, and uh, I, I watched it with Sarah, and she said that she thought if we cut out like the gore scenes and left mm-hmm. more to the imagination, this could be almost a like a, a PG kids movie, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's super entertaining. I really, really liked it. Thank you so much. No, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, and uh, all right. It's not one artificial one to be picked, but okay. So Stephanie, uh, so uh, you do like um, uh, the New York Ripper? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to like piece together why why I like it, even though like <laughs> it's it's like it, it's a very vile, depraved movie, but for some reason like like. Like it feels like a, a like a nightmare of a serial killer chasing you down, but like you literally can't do anything. Where like Halloween and Friday Thirteenth are like kind of more on a fun science. Like yeah, it's, it's not it's not it's nightmarish, but like you know it, it's not that bad. Where like New York Ripper feels like uh, feels like it's like amped it up w- like way too high. Where like I don't know like what, what like uh. What's your uh, uh, take on that movie? Uh, for me, I think it's just because it is so effective at what it's setting out to do. Um, there are some films I've seen that are really depraved and sleazy, and it almost feels like the movie is kind of, um, I don't want to say attacking you, but just kind of getting into your face and telling you what it is. And it's like with the New York Ripper, it's kind of wrapping its greasy hand around yours and pulling you into the dark alley. And even though everything going on is so disgusting, you kind of feel like you're participating in a, in a really interesting way. And it never, I don't feel 
bad after I see it or mm-hmm. filthy. I'm like, oh, that, that was a really interesting experience. Uh, you know, it's kind of like bad lieutenant where mm. it's just awful people <laughs> doing awful things, but uh, there's real care going on and uh, some interesting uh, comments on kind of the human condition when you're in the gutter of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't feel like it, it was just made like, oh, this will be shocking, this will be shocking, let's just throw it in it. There, There's a lot of thought put into it. Okay, yeah. And like, uh, I'm, I'm, well, well, I don't, Joel, do you think you'll ever watch that movie? I don't know. I'm, I'll probably watch it before I watch, like, uh, a Serbian film or something, so maybe. Okay. Well, I, I don't have it on my list or anything like okay. that. I, was thinking so I really like Fulci, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? But, like, it usually... Cause I also wrestling, wrestling with the fact, like, I'm not sure if I consider it um, misogynistic. It just feels like hateful towards humanity as a whole. But maybe I'm full of shit. Um, but what, what's your take on that stuff? Do you think the movie is, like, misogyny? Like, uh, personified? Oh, man, that is such a road to go down with the Italian horror. Because uh, you can absolutely make solid arguments that it absolutely is. Um now, it's not a film that I watched it. <laughs> and I've watched films where I'll just think to myself, this filmmaker hates women. <laughs> you can you can just feel it. Um, but in that case, it's just, uh, for a lot of them, it's because people tend to feel more sympathetic and feel fearful toward female characters. And... Um, Usually, uh, these male filmmakers like attractive women to, to be the ones attacked because they're going to be on screen the longest. Hmm. And that's just more interesting for them visually to have. It, it's really that simple. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, uh, we, we could really get into that, but um, uh, it's, I, I, I don't feel like it's specifically an anti-woman film or anything it 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 feels like it pretty much hates everyone equally and i can respect that yeah like that's how i always felt about it but i don't know like this again like whenever i mention it to people like the reaction i usually get is like that movie it's like okay (laughs) i guess we're not gonna have a discussion then (laughs) no it's one that i fully understand people not enjoying it i i'm not like what are you talking about (laughs) anyone can enjoy this one i'm like i get it this is a very specific i'm actually surprised i liked as much as i did um so yeah (laughs) kind of like manhattan baby i enjoy it but uh, is it one i recommend not really (laughs) yeah i mean it feels like like apparently uh like he was specifically channeling hitchcock and just amping it up to like an extreme level which watching it with that in mind thinking like psycho it's like Okay, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. And like, I like, like, the, like the, it's still like deeply effective. Like the murder of the lieutenant's um, uh, uh, side piece or lover. I don't know if he's ever married, but the sex worker he's he's with, like, that whole sequence is like, it it's never, like you like, like like if I ever watch that 
sequence and I, and I don't feel horrified that something's wrong with me. And like whenever I see it, I, and I just feel like sick. And like I turn to watch it, it's like that means like, okay, I'm still a human being. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm a big horror fan. Um, but, you know, I'll talk to other horror fans and they're, a lot of them are really jaded. They still enjoy them. Um, but for me, I'm, uh, I get scared still. I get disturbed, uh, and, uh, sometimes offended, but to me, that's part of the fun. It's hard when it comes to real life horror, uh, that really affects me, uh, in a deep, disturbing way that I kind of have to limit the news I take in, mm-hmm. but mainly local news, I feel like is especially ghoulish the way they report things, but uh, horror films are kind of a roller coaster kind of scare for me. So yeah. even though I can understand people <laughs> avoiding uh, New York Ripper, uh, to me, it, it still is harmless because it is a film. And there's a lot yeah. of artistry going on in there. Yeah, there is. Uh, but uh, I don't know. And there, uh, Dark of Darkness did a episode on it. It's on YouTube. Uh, Hopefully it stays on there because uh, they did one of pieces that got some people complained about content or some shit. It got taken off. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's on Vimeo and the Diablic website. But uh, yeah, so if you want to hear more on New York Ripper, watch that. Um, uh, watch that slipped into the episode on YouTube while you still can. Because I feel like someone's going to report it for being inappropriate or something given how uh, YouTube uh, is. Okay. And I did not watch Lizard and Woman's Skin because it Shutter took it off. Uh, and uh, so Joel and Stephanie, you two can talk about that movie. Um, this one was... Yeah. I didn't know that this was one that was in like the top five, but... It is gorgeous. I totally see why. And it is a little insidious, you know, the murder and the animal, the weird animal thing. Like, was that her going crazy? Somebody explain that to me, please, for God's sake. Oh, you you can't expect anyone to be able to explain a lizard and a woman's skin to you, do you? I, uh... I guess not. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, we touched on this earlier, but uh, Fulci is not famously a very linear storyteller. And with uh, Gialli in general, uh, it plays with that formatting a lot. So you combine those two with, like, um, LSD fever dreams. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, to me, this is one that... Uh, it's hard to talk to, and it's almost like a disservice to be like, well, a lady's uh, neighbor gets murdered, and she's not sure if she did it or didn't do it, and uh, the bare-bones plot, knowing that is fine, but this one, it's it's very sensual. It's really more of an experience than it is like a story just to take in A, B, and C uh, for me, and I think that's a big part of its magic and why it's so effective. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do like the way that, that uh, guy who kind of looks like Sean Connery uh, tries to wrap up everything at the end. 
you know, laying everything out to each of the people like Columbo, right? And even walking the, the rich lady into the back of the police cab at the end. Uh, but, yeah, like, what do I want to say? But you're, you're totally right. It, it doesn't, even if you pay exact attention to what he's saying, it, the story doesn't make 100% sense, I don't think. And it doesn't matter. It's so creative it you know it yeah I'm, I'm out of words <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely one of those dream logic nightmare logic films um where it, it's fun you get to see these really interesting uh kind of dream hallucinatory sequences and then seeing how that impacts the paranoia of the lead actress and you know that that's a classic pairing in films like this but you know there's a reason why it it's done so much it's it's interesting it's a you know on a smaller scale i think it's relatable to just imagine something or dream something so disturbing and then have it follow you around for a while <laughs> but then when uh, it has a body count that's something different so yeah um uh spencer i hope you can see it soon because you sound like you're a fan of Gialli. Uh Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's just because uh, the way Shutter works, like usually stuff is on there for a while. So I was like, oh, it'll be on there this week, and then I was like, oh, well, I don't I don't want to do any illegal stuff because I I use my laptop for school stuff. So it's like, well, I I can just skip this one. It's fine. <laughs> Physical media guys keep supporting it. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, I keep putting my paycheck into it, and I'm not seeing any of those dividends yet. Yeah. Dang it! Oh, I. I well, I'm back in college. I want to have a computer so I can do schoolwork. So I don't want to potentially fuck it up. No, no, I understand. <laughs> don't worry. That I would don't. be interesting. I'm um, sorry, we have to kick you out. We saw you've been torrent, torrenting <laughs> weird Italian horror films. <laughs> We don't care about the rest of the stuff, but that specifically. <laughs> yeah, that we find offensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. And the Beyond, I mentioned, like, the ending earlier. It's like, it's, like, just the perfect ending. And, uh, uh, but, like, like, it's like the opening of it, like, like, the, the Beyond is, like, the perfect example of, like, this is when, like, the Fulci style fully works like in unison with with uh with everything because uh, like cause, like his sensibility is very like uh like it's f- like fantastical and dreamy and like uh like and like i don't say surreal because that's overused but like you know like i guess like surreal might be a good uh explanation for it but um yeah, and it's like and like that's just like the perfect combination of like from the intro, which is like in sepia black and white with this like uh, it's almost entirely it's mostly silent and uh and you get like the uh like the like like the crazy gore and then you get like the crazy kills, but like you have the atmosphere and the style and like it nails the ending and the music like perfectly matches up with everything. And just watching it this time I noticed uh 
I feel like the Evil Dead remake might be uh, alluding to it because there's like a, a Raining Blood, sec uh, the whole like Raining Blood um, part of it, and then there's what's the other one? The other one I wrote down, but I thought of other ones as I was watching it. But the Evil Dead remake really came to mind. Um, oh, Gondren Hess, because there's a really gross bathtub scene. Not as gross as the one in Gondren Hess, but it's still <laughs> early gross bathtub scene. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a movie called The Dead Hate the Living? Uh, I have not. Um, it's this low-budget movie, Full Moon, released in 2000 uh, from Dave Parker. And I actually saw it before I started watching Fulci movies, and it's a complete kind of a fanboy tribute to it. Like, there's a character named Abon, and it mm. references the beyond a lot, Um uh, and the the main bad guy looks exactly like Rob Zombie. It's mm. it's adorable. It, it's really fun, but uh, it just references it so much. It's kind of like um, a, a quickie one hundred and one of Fulci movies. Hmm. Oh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, sorry, I was thinking of the X Files. Watching it too, with the the Doctor uh, being like the being like the more like a rational quote unquote rational one and the hotel owner being like the one who like sees like weird spooky shit but the X-Files like reversed it and also like um going off the X-Files thing like reversing the the woman being the one who's like irrational and the man being irrational is this the reverse of like the um the trope that shows up in like a lot of uh, horror and thrillers that I used to review TV shows for a site that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and a common thing I kept running into with reviewing like old horror shows was like, there's always an episode where like a woman experiences like some supernatural thing or a killer's after her and then no one believes her. And with X Files, you have the have it flipped, right? Yeah, yeah, you got spooky Mulder, <laughs> yeah. I feel like in the other versions, mm -hmm. the not believing a woman would be a metaphor, but uh, I don't know why no one believes Mulder. He's, he's so reasonable yeah. and attractive. Yeah, and also, to, just to clarify, it's not that Scully doesn't believe. She needs scientific evidence because she is a scientist. She oh, does. right. And, but when she gets scientific evidence, she's like, I'm just going to tuck that away in the maybe department. And then the government takes it away or some shit. There's always some convenient excuse. So it's not as cut and dry as that. I mean, I don't blame her for not immediately believing in a vampire pizza boy, but, you know. <laughs> I know. Or, like, the... I'm not going to mention another vampire episode, but that episode's so terrible. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Hmm. <laughs> I only ever, the only time I think about X-Files recently is I've been thinking about when uh, Mulder gets resurrected by that uh, Native American shaman yes. and uh, <laughs> how ridiculous that is. And uh, it makes me happy, you know, got to find things to make you smile. Yeah, they really love Native American mysticism. Yep. And and then the, and the Native American is doing voiceover for the episode, too. <laughs> it just... Uh, yeah, anyway. I know. Uh, but, uh, the, 
Like, I don't, like, uh, oh, I remember what I saying. But, uh, Fulci also has this, like, Sage Suzuki energy, like his movies do, where, like, there's this sensibility of, like, it's so visual and, like, the, like, right, talking about it, like, literally, liter, like, in a linear way, or, like, uh, trying to, uh, have, like, a summary is kind of missing the point, because, like, the point is, like, is experiencing, like, the whole thing as is, because, like, like, Fulci, like, f- like I, f- I think he fully understood how to use, like, he understood, like, what the format of movies could, le- uh, y- could let you, like, get across. And, uh, and, like, The Beyond, like, is a great example of, like, yeah, this is, like, like, this is, like, uh, like, he fully understands, like, the art form of a movie and, like, uh, what, what movies can do. And that's, like, there are, that are, that is unique to movies. Or maybe, you know, I'm thinking too much into it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't have, I don't know everything, so... I know. When it comes to Fulci, I know everything else, but, not, you know, Fulci, I'm still learning. <clears throat> okay, uh... Alright, uh... Uh, I, I got... I don't. Sorry, I don't have much else to say, outside of like. Uh, even the ones oh, I kind of like say Seichizuki. Even the ones I'm not that uh, big a fan of, I will still rewatch over and over again, because there's just something about like these movies that like I don't know. It's like it connects with me on on some level that like uh. I don't know, like I can just, I can rewatch his movies over and over again, and just like, still get a kick out of it every time. Yeah, well, uh, just on a very simple level, most of them have a fantastic soundtrack, and they're very visually interesting. So even if you're not really paying attention to it, it it's fun. You know, you're you're taking in a lot of gorgeous gore and a really nice soundtrack. And, uh, usually on these, uh, on the show, we recommend other movies from the same year, but that what, but since we're talking about four different movies, it's not really worth it. So what are, uh, what, what are your favorite Italian, um, like horror movies and Jolly can count, um, and it's Stephanie. Oh, uh, I don't really have a ready list at the top of my head. Um, oh. Uh, Blood and Black Lace is my favorite of all time. I'm a huge Bava fan. Mm. Um, so actually, if you're familiar with the uh, Five Dolls for an August Moon, that one kind of gives me a lizard and a woman's skin vibes. Um, if you ever wanted to chase that, um, yeah. Oh no, I'm all, I'm I'm really not good with on the spot oh. remembering titles. Oh, uh, we did episode. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. Yeah. We had an episode of Blonde and Black Lace that I think I was a recent one. But, uh. Hmm? I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> Is that your favorite, Baba? For me? No. It's, um. Hatchet for Honeymoon. 
Oh, okay. oh, interesting. Which I think it probably because it might be the second one. It's like the first or second one I ever saw. And so it's the one that like made me go like, oh, I have to watch all his movies. And like, you know, killer soundtrack and it's kind of a giallo, kind of supernatural. It's debatable. Uh, uh, how, how you think of it. Uh. Yeah, I don't think I've seen. I, I've only seen Blood and Black Lace and uh, Kill Baby Kill. I think. Uh, have you guys gotten to Planet of the Vampires? Oh, I, oh, I have seen that, and I I also do a, a science fiction podcast. I am dying to do that on there because it is so fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't care what Ridley Scott says; he saw that before. And oh, definitely. And he probably saw it tear from outer space. But like, uh, I don't know, with Italian horror, I, I, like, I've said it before, even the bad ones, like the, kind of the cheap, like, like, playgirls and the vampires, like the cheapy, like, 60s gothic horror cycle, I still like those. Even though, like, I don't know if, like, someone who's not into, like, that stuff would even care at all, but like, I don't know, like, uh, so I, I kind of have, like, a, my blinders on when it comes to, like, like Italian horror uh, specifically. So, uh, I, I kind of like pretty much all of it, which is kind of a basic thing to say, but, like, I don't know, that, that's me. I just like the sensibility that was happening for, like, from the 60s to, like, the 80s. So it's just, like, pizza for you, even if it's not great, it's still pizza? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great analogy. <laughs> Alright, uh... So, uh... Yeah, these... These Fulci movies... Like, it's Fulci. You can find his movies. It's not hard. And this will come out... Uh, in a week or so. And, uh... So, uh, Stephanie. Uh, first, thank you for uh, coming on. Yeah, and, sure thing. Oh yeah, and you can come back anytime. Just look through the list, and uh, you can just like—I'm uh, not picky with like, uh, like people jumping on episodes. It it doesn't really matter to me. But um, so uh, what is coming up around? Or what's what's coming up this month? Or like you just um, um, you know, released or whatever. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you broke uh, up a little bit. Uh, what's coming up this month, or uh, or you just like um, worked on? Oh, with my own things. Yeah. Um, the podcast I co-host, the Screamcast. Uh, we recently came back. Um, we're going to have Barbara Crampton on soon, and we're going to talk about Jacob's wife, which is exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's film festivals coming up, like, uh, the Panic Film Festival, um, I'm going to be covering, and so that, that's exciting, uh, kind of <laughs> seeing how all these festivals are figuring it out online. It's interesting, so. All right, uh, any writing stuff coming up, or? 
Yes, some of it I can't talk about, but okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get back into writing consistently. Okay, that that's fair. I mean, we had Sam Deegan on, and I had to ask her, is there any like stuff you can't talk about? But, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you ever going to take a break? Do you give yourself a vacation? Because she does everything. Yeah, uh, pre-order her book that's coming out. Uh, it, uh, you can find a link on the other episode, episode she was on. Yeah, and she's coming back this month, actually, with oh, nice. a movie that I won. I don't know, it'll be a fun conversation, but, I, I, but anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you need to get someone smart on after me as a palate cleanser. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> you were great. Cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, Sam is our next guest we record with, actually, but. Uh, uh, J Dog. Uh, anything coming up this month or May or whatever? Uh, I mean, not as far as I know, but I can't. Uh, I'm I'm trying to work things out uh, with the other goofballs um, that were previous on. Please don't send me in outer space. So we'll see. You know, um, one of those goofballs be my girlfriend Sarah, but you know uh, she can't hear me. She's got her headphones on. <laughs> um, Okay, and for me, uh, my movies from hell on non-exploitation movies kind of um, didn't happen. The file got messed up or something. So I get to come on again with a free pick of whatever I want. So I'm still deciding on that. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Red, Black, and Green, a celebration of African history. Might have something. Might not. Uh, and same with um, the Jailhouse 701, Japanese Cult Cinema. There might be stuff on there. And I'm working on a piece for Grumpire on a certain 40s musical. And why this musical is secretly a punk rock movie. But I won't Ooh. say what is uh, on record. I'll say when we're done recording to the, these people here. But the... Uh, oh, yeah, I was on the... M- the Mustachios Podcastio talking about uh, Theater of Blood, the Vincent Price movie. And uh, if you haven't seen that, you, uh, watch it. It's great and super fun. And if you're not into Shakespeare, this will make you interested in Shakespeare. It makes Shakespeare uh, fun and not like homework. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's that. So this comes out. Uh, this is for us. This is for uh, April. So it's. Her, uh, Proshima Mon Amour with Sam Deegan and Deadly Sweet with um, uh, LB from Grumpire this month and uh, this will come out around the Hiroshima what? I don't even know not Hiroshima shit. it doesn't matter it, it, <laughs> if you follow the, if you listen to the feed you can figure out what's coming out this month it, oh it's the Young Girls of Rochefort I'm still editing that one uh, so, uh, Young Girl of Rochefort and um, <laughs> Deadly Sweet are the episodes this month. Yes, we record with the Sam next. That's it. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, see you guys later. Be smart, don't do dumb shit. Stop recording. All right. <laughs>
The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still HighLowPod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art, SarahKathleenRoberts.com, and thank you for listening.